Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Talking BS. Again, this is Brandon Lancaster. I'm joined again this morning with my brother, Seth Lancaster. Are you there this morning? I am. I am. Good morning, and uh, looking forward to another episode. Uh, I, I heard uh, a lot of good feedback off last week, so hopefully we can build upon that and have another good, uh, another good episode today. Yeah, I think last week the thing that we proved is that we are true grinders, tongue-in-cheek, and that we are slowly but surely trying to improve this week by week. Uh, I uh, know that we're a we little bit started, Before we get started, I, I have one thing I want to say to our audience. Uh, the number one complaint, uh, or not, I don't guess so much complaint is like concern is that there's a few pauses throughout our, our uh, recordings or throughout our podcast. And I just want to tell everybody that we're, we're, I'm doing my best to try to work on that, but just be patient. Those pauses usually do uh, stop, and then we, uh, you, we continue on with what our podcast is. But uh, just be patient with that. And uh, like, like we said last week, we're trying to get better in, uh, every week. So uh, just be patient with those pauses. Yes, we're going to work through the pauses. Sometimes you need to pause and just enjoy it. Like th- those are your that's the listener's opportunity to really take in all this quality content and to absorb it and appreciate it. It's, it's, like, it's like a small commercial break uh cliffhanger, yeah. keep them wanting more. Yeah, I think that's good that we need to like work those pauses in for when we get big sponsors and uh that'll be where we can uh, put in our like bumpers. Absolutely. That'll be absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, another thing I was going to mention is I know we're a little bit behind. This was typically like every weekend type thing, but we had to push back uh, the latest installment because it was just kind of a quiet week in sports. There wasn't a lot to talk about. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Not much, there wasn't a big game or anything like that going on that that last weekend. Or again, uh, didn't feel like it, even though the Super Bowl did take place. Uh, there, uh, hopefully our podcast is more entertaining than what the Super Bowl was. You're right. There was that game. The Super Bowl was this weekend. Um, yeah, I honestly didn't get a lot – didn't get a chance to watch hardly any of it. I watched some uh, of the highlights and playback later on, but I was working that night, and it just so happened to be the perfect storm of, of busyness at work, and I wasn't able to catch much of it. Uh, so did you get a chance to watch the whole thing? I did. I watched every play. Uh, I missed a few of the commercials, um, but I watched every play, and it was it was a perfect Patriots type game. Uh, I mean they 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 did what they wanted to do. They controlled the tempo, they controlled what was going on, and Brady made enough plays, you know, late in the game to to get the late touchdown. And um, it was it was it was it's probably exactly what Bill Belichick wanted. It wasn't pretty, but. They controlled everything. You could probably even when it was like three to nothing or three to three, you knew the whole time the Patriots were going to win. It was perfect for Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, you know, like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, kind of what we thought was going to happen, and it's just the same the same thing that a lot of people said. It's just so hard to pick against them. I mean, he had two weeks to prepare. It, it seemed inevitable. Like it, it's gonna. It takes a really special special performance to knock them out in the playoffs, even when it seems like their time is winding down and, or that they're finished and so on and so forth. But um, it, it almost is, has a feeling of inevitability that they're going to find a way to win. 
Uh, even I know that there were talks like towards the end of the game, all that the Rams have tied it, and it's and even even though it stayed close, stayed one possession game. I really never felt like the outcome wasn't already almost predetermined. You just felt like that they were going to find a way to win. Yeah, it, it felt like this. I mean, all week I felt. I feel pretty confident. You know, I'm not. I'm not a Patriots fan. I like Tom Brady just because he's done. He he's so great. And he's been great for so long. But the whole week, I, I just felt. You know, the Patriots are going to win, and and they have a 41 year old quarterback, and they have the old now the oldest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. They have Gronk, who's just got just beaten and bruised to pieces and hurt and. You know, he makes the big play late in the game. And they have Julian Edelman, who looks like a, the greatest receiver ever Sunday during the Super Bowl. Like, he was uncoverable. And they, they it doesn't matter who's on the roster. It doesn't matter who leaves in the offseason. It's like they're always there. It's 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 amazing to see. Even even us not being fans, it's amazing that we get to witness it every, every year. My favorite factoid from the Super Bowl, uh, you, you brought him up, Julian Edelman. Did you realize that Julian Edelman played against Sean McVay in college? Yeah, I saw those highlights. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Edelman was a quarterback in college, but uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny that that that's the case. I I, I think McVay, they're both like thirty three years old or something. McVay is yeah. half the age of Bill Belichick, so it, it was a lot of. Even though it wasn't a great game, there was a lot of like cool little notes within the game. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and just the thought of how much older Brady is than Sean McVay too. I mean, Brady already won probably three Super Bowls before McVay, you know, finished college. It's right. it's it's really bizarre as to how that had shaped out. Well, that kind of leads me to where I wanted to lead or where I wanted to take the topic for this uh, week's podcast. What's the term that you love to use about Tom Brady? He's the goat. The goat, the goat, man. I think that is the, that's the new hot button or hot take word that people just love to throw around. Like Brady's the goat, LeBron's the goat, uh, and for those that have been underneath the rock and don't know what goat means, it means greatest of all time. I was gonna kind of maybe run through the sports world is if you were to go around and maybe in each sport and talk about your Mount Rushmore, so to speak, of players uh, in each sport, uh, do you think you could, could could list maybe your top four greatest of all time or goats in each sport? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and for, for the audience out here, usually throughout the week, uh, my brother and I, we discuss what's going to be on the podcast. And this week, this is a complete surprise, nothing pre-prepared. So what you're getting right now is our genuine, like, answers that that are just deep down what we think. So this is no predetermining anything. It's just what we think, our opinions. And yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because you kind of gave me an idea, but not a whole lot of detail. So I'm looking forward yeah. to like this conversation. Yeah. The more I thought about our previous topic, I just wanted to find a tie-in with with what happened over the weekend. I felt like this was a good tie-in. The one the one caveat that I want to try to do with your Mount Rushmore is I want you to throw me one somewhat curveball 
where you have to kind of argue why that person's included. Because I feel like there's a lot of them that are just really obvious and they're real easy arguments. But I, I sometimes think that maybe we're putting too much emphasis on just the guys that have won the most titles and say just the guys that have won the most MVPs. There's so many things that factor into success within sports that, you know, there, there, there's probably some guys in each sport that have achieved and been close to that greatest of all time, or at least in the conversation, but have never really gotten their due because of circumstances kind of outside their hands. Does so, that make so we're going to go three that are kind of everybody. Three, three obvious, but, and if you can't do it, you can't do it, but try to maybe work in somebody in there that probably is not typically in that conversation. Okay, I think we can do that. Yeah. All right, let's go. What sport are we going with first? And uh, let me do one more caveat. Do you want to try to limit this somewhat as far as 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 time frame, or are you cool with making it truly of all time? We can go truly of all time. All right, let's let's do that, and let's just st let's start just on the topic of football since we're already there. Uh, give me. Get, try your best to give me your, your top four there. Your 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 greatest of all time. Your goats in the, in in uh, professional football. Okay, and this is any position, correct? Yeah, we we want we want, and that's that's something you got to take into account. I mean, it's I guess you could go four quarterbacks, but you know there there's got to be some some conversation for somebody outside of just the quarterback position. Okay, uh, well I will start with Tom Brady. He's on there. I think everybody would agree, like him or hate him, he, he should be on there. Um, I'm going to go Tom Brady. I'm going to go with who I think is the best. If there was no playoffs and there was just regular season, I think Peyton Manning's probably the best regular season quarterback of all time. So I would put him on there. I think they're the two best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, I will put Jerry Rice on there uh, because I think he's the best um, – Wide receiver, I don't think many people argue who's the best wide receiver. I think most people agree he's the best wide receiver. And then I guess those are my three obvious ones. Maybe some people would argue about Peyton Manning. Uh, but my other one, I'm going to go on the defensive side a little bit. And I, this name was brought up a lot this week because of Aaron Donald. Like they talked about, you know, pass rushers, people who can get to the quarterback, cause that disruption. And the person that I kept hearing about, well, Aaron Donald's great, but is he ever going to be this guy? And that guy that I kept hearing all week was Lawrence Taylor. So I have three on the offensive side, two quarterbacks, a wide receiver, and then I have – I'm going to go on the defensive side. And, and this name is really because of everything I heard this week. Obviously, I wasn't around watching football when he was playing, but – Lawrence, I just kept hearing all these stacks about Lawrence Taylor and how disruptive he was and how, you know, Aaron Donald, they don't, as great as he is, won't ever get to that point where, where Lawrence Taylor was at. So that's the four I'm going with just because I feel like I need to put one person on the defensive side of the football uh, on the Mount Rushmore. So those, that's my four right there. So I'm going to go Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor. I, I I think there's very little you can argue with those those four. I think all four of those guys uh, definitely have their place. Uh, He's gonna yell at me because I put two quarterbacks on there, and neither one of them were named Joe Montana. But that's just that's just what that's what I'm going with. 
I think I think Fraggy with his postseason success should definitely be on there. I think he's the best of all time. And then Peyton, I think he's the best regular season quarterback of all time. Yeah, I think it'd be real difficult to make a strong argument, uh, even with the exclusion of Montana. Uh, and I don't think anybody can fault you too much for having two quarterbacks in your four because it's such a quarterback-driven league. Um, I've, I, with mine, you know, everyone says, you know, the, the exclusion of Tom Brady's there and uh, the, the amount of flack that I would get if I didn't have him in the top four would be – too much to bear. I, I guess at this point, you know, now that he has two more Super Bowls than anyone else, um, that's that's hard to hard to ignore. If he was just a Robert Ory type person who's just been tagged along with a with a great dynasty, you know, you can make that argument. But he's won his share of MVPs. He has a share of you know all time records. So I think it's hard to exclude him. Uh, so I would put him on that uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, another guy that I would put on there is Jerry Rice. I think all positions being held with the same acclaim, he would probably be the all-time greatest of all time, uh, even though the wide receiver position doesn't have as much to say in the outcome of the game. If you compare his stats and what he accomplished specifically in his era, he's far and away you know, ahead of all his contemporaries and even the records he has, even the records he still has, they're so far from being touched. And he played in a time when it wasn't just an air it out. Every team has a quarterback throwing it 50 times a game. Um, Another guy that it was just, he was a guy that I enjoyed watching growing up was a guy, Barry Sanders. He's a little bit maybe of one that you are going to have to argue a little bit harder for, uh, because there's other running backs that I think you can make the case were yeah, better players. That was my reason for not putting a run. I'll let you finish, but my reason for not putting a running back on there is because I just don't think there's one that everybody unanimously agrees on that, well, that one's the best. I mean, people will say Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, you know, Adrian Peterson, whoever. So that's why I didn't have a running back on there. Um, on, but, but go ahead, go ahead and finish yours. Yeah, and there's another guy that I I, I, I wanted to put a running back because it played such a big – it was such – it was almost like the key position for the longest time in the NFL before everyone got crazy with the passing. So I felt like I needed to have somebody. And I had it down between three guys. And I'm I, the, the Walter Payton, I just don't – I'm not as familiar with him, but I had it between Jim Brown, Emmitt Smith, and Barry Sanders. Jim Brown, obviously, because he was so far ahead of his time and, and you know, had – great success as well and then uh Emmett Smith he's the guy with the records in the in the Super Bowl rings I wanted to put Barry Sanders in there because he's one that I think he's the one that I, I wanted to make my special argument for because he was just on such an atrocious team and the amount of success he was able to have and how he kind of carried a terrible team on his back I mean he made it to an M- NFC championship game and it was basically him and you know, a, a team that probably would not have been a playoff team without him in that lineup. Uh, so he's one. The other one, just as far as for a piece of history that I wanted to throw in, and because I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, so you're saying that now that Tom Brady has six Super Bowl championships, that he is the most 
successful quarterback ever in the NFL. Is that your stance? That that's where that's where I would go with it. Yes. Well, there's a fella, and that you, there's a little bit of wiggle room that I'm going to have to have to use. But there's a former quarterback for the Cleveland Browns that have actually that has actually won. Unless my math was wrong, seven football professional football championships. His name is Otto Graham, and he played for the Cleveland Browns back in the era with Jim Brown. So I don't know if he would be considered an all-time goat, but if we're going to use the criteria that because Tom Brady has six championships, this guy technically has seven. So I'm I'm throwing him in there as kind of a half tongue-in-cheek joke. But he was a guy that is another guy that probably ahead of his time doesn't get the type of respect and um, uh, name recognition as some of the other guys just because he played in, at such a different time. And I mind you, only three of those were actually NFL championships. The other four was in a different league before the Browns actually came to the NFL. But just thought it was interesting. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's that's part of what we're doing here is trying to throw one out that. Uh... Some people can argue over, but uh, winging's winging. It doesn't matter when it was or what trophy you got. Seven seven tiles and anything's pretty impressive. Yeah, and if I was going to be real, and if I didn't want to just uh, do the ton- tongue in cheek one, the other one that I would I would probably um, consider throwing in there would be Peyton Manning. Again, a lot of that's probably again just uh, personal preference uh, with what he's done during the the regular season. And still having some postseason success, I think he is definitely deserving of being in that argument. I like that. I like that. So why don't we move on to uh, baseball? We'll go to which is probably our favorite sport as brothers. Is probably baseball. Um, it, it's the it's the one league that I have absolute fandom for. Uh, I don't cheer for anybody but the Yankees. We're both diehard Yankees fans. So let's move on to uh, our Mount Rushmore of baseball. You want me to start on this one, or you want to take the lead on it? Uh, I'll be happy for you to start. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to have I'm have two names probably on here that are controversial. Uh, may, maybe, maybe just one, but then the other one – uh, some people agree with me, and some people won't. If you're a Yankees fan, you'll probably be uh, more willing to agree with with my last one here. But my first one uh, is a Yankee, and you know, if you ask 99% of baseball fans, I'd say that th- they would say that this guy is the best player of all time, and that name is Babe Ruth. Everybody knows Babe Ruth, uh, so I think that's the obvious one. He would be on everybody's Mount Rushmore. I mean, our dad used to tell us all the time, you know, growing up, I remember dad saying, you know, Babe Ruth would hit more home runs than other teams uh, during his era. So, and, and he was a pitcher and all that stuff. So, Babe Ruth's on there. Won't spend a lot of time on him because I think everybody would agree with that one. Uh, the second one I think everybody would agree with is, um, it, well, maybe not everybody, but I think most people agree uh, he's a pitcher. I think regardless of what era you put him in, whether he's pitching now, he's pitching in the 90s, you know, pitching in the 1950s, whenever it is, I think he could be the best pitcher in the game. And I think that's Nolan Ryan. I just think he was so dominant, did it for so long. Uh, He put up big numbers later in his career. Like he threw a no-hitter later in his career. Um, I just think he, in my opinion, he's the best pitcher of all time. And regardless of when you put him 
what decade you put him in, he's going to be great. Uh, so the next two are going to be position players. Um, and one is fandom, I guess, because I'm a Yankees fan. And the other is the one where people are going to probably get mad. And the one that people are going to get mad about is Barry Bonds because the steroid stuff. But I don't care what anybody says. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, what he did was wrong. Uh, I wish he wouldn't have done that. But he was a Hall of Famer before he started taking steroids and got all jacked up and hitting all the home runs and stuff. He probably would have still hit 600 home runs even without the steroids like he was with the Pirates. Uh, so I think he should be on there. Um, you know, regardless of what anybody says, he's the all-time home run leader. Uh, and then my last one, and this is just because uh, I'm a Yankees fan, but he was also, you know, a great player. Uh, I'm going to go with Mickey Mantle as my last one. I think if he could have stayed healthy uh, and maybe taken better care of his body, I think he could have gone down as, you know, one of the top three, four, five best players of all time. So that's my Mount Rushmore. Two Yankees on there um, with uh, Babe Ruth, obviously the one that everybody's going to agree with, and then Mickey Mantle. Some people probably aren't going to have him on there. You know, I really want to put Willie Mays on there, but – I'm going to go with Mickey Mayon just because he was extremely talented um, and he was great from great from a young age, kind of like King Griffey Jr. But, you know, I think him being a Yankee kind of put him over the top for me. Yeah, I I, I got two of two of your – well, I, all of yours are really interesting to talk about, or at least to me. You know, King, you mentioned King Griffey with Mickey Mayon. I mean, I think that's a great parallel. Both those guys – you know, hit the league so young and just lit the league on fire at a young age and were so dominant for about a 10-year span. And then due to injury, some self-inflicted, you know, in King Griffey Jr.'s case, not self-inflicted, um, you know, they they did not get to see the fruits of their labors uh, later in their career and end up with, like, these astronomical numbers that they should have had. And then they both hit – I mean, King Griffey Jr. hit over 600 home runs. Mickey Mantle hit 523 home runs. I think he's at 530. Yeah, 536. That's how many he had. Yeah. Uh, You know, they both ended up with great numbers. You know, Mantle also had all the World Series rings because he was on, you know, the Yankees during the heyday. He won a triple crown, multiple MVPs. So, I mean, I think there's an easy argument there. But, you know, that's a really good parallel. Uh, Bonds, like – if you if you ignore the steroids, you have to put Bonds in there. He's won more MVPs than anybody. He's the all-time home run leader. He almost has three thousand hits. Uh, I mean, he and if you look at his kind of uh, you know you talk about that five-tool player. I mean, he at one point in his and this is kind of part of what people would argue against. At one point, this guy was a leadoff type hitter. Uh, he had a great glove in the outfield early in his career. Uh, he could run. He could hit for average. He could hit for power. He 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 totally did every every aspect of the game that you wanted somebody to do. But he's always going to have such a big asterisk with him. Um, and for him, I think a great parallel would be uh, another guy from his era would be A Rod. Who's another guy that or Alex Rodriguez. Who? Yeah, he another one there. But um, if you just but I thought I thought if I was going to put somebody on there that steroid, you know. Driven, I, I had. To yeah, well, Bonds, Bonds' numbers are better, but uh, outside of Barry Bonds, I would say A Rod's numbers are as close to 
impressive as anybody you could hope for. I mean, he's another guy hit over 600 home runs, hit for average, had a great glove. He did this all. He hit 600 home runs and he played in the infield, which is just something that you don't typically see out of a infielder other than maybe first base. Uh, but yeah, the one I would want to hear more about is is um, Nolan Ryan, and uh, he's a, he's a guy that you know I think he gets a lot of credit, but I almost would argue that maybe he gets a little bit too much credit and you know not you look at his numbers and you can't argue his numbers but he played 27 years in in major league baseball um and i think baseball more than any other sport that you get so focused on the numbers uh like numbers really mean something like in baseball where i think in other sports i don't think they focus at least as much on the career totals as they do in baseball. Um, but I, I really think that the longevity of Nolan Ryan really ha- helped set him apart. And I'm going to, I'm going to use that, that part of it to kind of go along with, with on my Mount, Mount Rushmore. The first one I'm going to use is Babe Ruth as well. He's, he's the main head on the mountain. Uh, and honestly, if I could put one player twice, I would put Babe Ruth twice just because he did so much for the game. He was kind of the Hulk Hogan of baseball in helping create additional popularity and the fact that he was in New York and the biggest market on the biggest team. Uh, it did so much for uh, getting the popularity where it was at and helping make baseball the kind of the greatest show on earth at the time. Uh, and the and fact, he kind of, and he kind of started the best rivalry in baseball with the Red Sox and Yankees. He kind yeah. of got the trade and everything. So, um, so I think that's pretty interesting too when you think about Babe Ruth. Yeah, and and something that was more common back then, which we never see now, up until just this last year when Otani for the Angels started doing it a little bit. The fact that when he first started, he was arguably the best pitcher in the league and the best hitter in the league. It's, it's just a really cool concept. The guy that I was going to also put on the Mount Rushmore, he was going to be my pitcher. And I really kind of struggled trying to decide on who I wanted to be my pitcher. I thought about Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, some of the contemporaries that I watched playing a lot. I, I, I thought about Nolan Ryan, but I, even with that, the guy that I kind of eventually settled on was Sandy Koufax. And I feel like he's, almost the anti-Nolan Ryan in that he was so dominant for a very short period of time. But, again, he's kind of like with some of the other guys we talked about. Injuries cut his career short. But in the snapshot of his – I don't remember. I think it was maybe just a 10-year career. I don't don't know my numbers right off the top of my head. But in that 10-year career, he was so dominant and he was far and away the best pitcher in the game. And he had some of that postseason success that you – uh, want to see out of your greatest player of all time. I put him on that list as well. Um, the other two guys I had, uh, number three, it's another one of those where if you if you can't ignore the numbers, you've got to put him in, and I was going to put in uh, Hank Aaron. I feel like he's almost like the Nolan Ryan of position players in the sense he had the longevity of his career, and he was – consistently in the top as far as dominant players throughout the majority of his career. I think he played 22, 24 years. And then if you look at the all-time numbers on in, in the record books, you know, he was the all-time home run leader for so long until he was just passed by 
Barry Bonds. He's one of three people that have, or he's third on the all-time hits list. Um, he was all, he's the all-time leader in RBIs. And when you think about a game, what you're needing to accomplish is getting people on base, driving people in from a position player. I think he's a tough one to argue. And then I'm trying to kind of go through. I had a, an, a very old-school 1920s player at Sandy Koufax a little bit further along. I had um, uh, Hank Aaron and then my contemporary guy that – it was a guy that I grew up watching, and I'd already made my mind up that I was going to do this just because I figured that you would go with Bonds. I'm going to go with Griffey, King Griffey Jr. I think if this guy, he's again kind of like with Sandy Koufax, if he didn't have the injuries uh, halt his career later later on in the second half of his career, I think his numbers would be right comparable to Barry Bonds, uh, if not a little bit further. He was always a better glove in the outfield. It's a shame that he got stuck on – the Seattle Seattle Mariners teams where they were never really in contention for any championships. Uh, if he would have stayed healthy, maybe on those, some of those Cincinnati Reds teams, uh, he could have had some of that postseason success. But if, if you could imagine the type of star power, if he, if things would have just worked out a little bit differently, if King Griffey Jr. would have been on those uh, mid to late nineties, New York Yankee teams where he's the biggest star and the biggest biggest stage playing in some of those postseason games. I think he would have been on the same level as like say Michael Jordan around that time. But oh, yeah, that- I, I agree. And he was so he was so marketable. Like, you know, yeah. he wore the hat backwards and kids thought he was cool and he had the beautiful, beautiful swing and he was, you know, it's it's such a shame because, you know, we both grew up watching him. And it's such a shame that injuries shorten his career because there's so many what ifs with Griffey. Like it's it's I couldn't imagine what all he could have done if he would have stayed healthy. Like you say, he still hit 600 home runs, and it felt like the last yeah. forever of his career he never played. And it's just yeah. crazy to think about. Yeah, it's it, yeah for him to to have gotten to those numbers that are that are like these you know almost holy type numbers. Uh, with just, you know, the back part of his career just being one setback after setback and just never could really get things going after he left Seattle. It's it's really amazing, and it's really a testament to how great he was on the front end. Uh, so that, that that's where are at. The thing with all these arguments is there's so many great players. Just as long as you're in the conversation, I think that's all that it takes. It's really, it's really going to be hard uh, to get – where you have four guys that are or are the top without any argument. Uh, and that kind of leads us to the next uh, of the three major sports that we're going discuss, to discuss, which is basketball. And I think basketball is the sport, for whatever reason, people get most obsessed with arguing who's the greatest of all time. I mean, I think that's up until Tom Brady came along. It's really the only sport where I really heard people constantly arguing as far as who is the greatest of all time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the turn turn the tables and let let you uh, kind of give, give give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean th- this is where the Mount Rushmore talks. This is the sport where Mount Rushmore is talked about the most. I mean, you always have like now. Uh, you have the argument, who's the GOAT between MJ, LeBron, you know, go back and forth. Some people throw in another name. But I think at this point, most people 
would say it's down between MJ and LeBron, that they're those are the top two. Me personally, I know you don't agree with me on this one, and a lot of people don't. Um, but I think LeBron's the GOAT. I think he's the best of all time. If I was going to start a team, um, I want LeBron as my first pick. Uh, obviously, Jordan has the more titles. Um, you know, he, he's got more points currently. And within the next week or so, it's going to change. But, uh, but I mean, you can't argue either one of their greatness. So both of those names have to be on Mount Rushmore. LeBron, MJ, doesn't matter who you say is better. They both have to be on Mount Rushmore, I think. Uh, the next one is just because – I'm going to put him on there because I think most people would have him on there. Some people would leave him off. But he's so much fun to watch um, or was so much fun to watch. I, I wasn't alive during his 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 prime, but he he's such a fun guy, charismatic guy. He played a fun way, like uh, he played in in one of the two biggest markets in the country, and that's Magic Johnson with the Lakers. Uh, he won five titles. You know, he was kind of the Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. Like Magic is who kind of Michael replaced as the best. And then my fourth one, and this is the one where I think I think people are going to understand why he's on there, but a lot of people wouldn't have him on there. But So he, I, he's your one that's a little bit of the the one that you're having to argue harder right, for. Right, and I think this is mostly because I grew up watching him. I saw all of his titles. I saw how he went about his business. I saw that, you know, he, he did it the right way, never was in trouble, uh, just was the ultimate teammate, kind of like Tom Brady, because he's he was just with the same team his whole career. They won same coach his whole career, and you know where I'm going with this. And it's Tim Duncan. Uh, I think a lot of people would say he may be the best power forward of all time, and he's the one that I'm kind of arguing because you know I, I saw it with my eyes. You know, it was during my lifetime, and he just did such the right way. And he wasn't flashy. He wasn't going to do, like, these posterizing dunks. You know, he's known his most famous shots, like a bank shot. Like, he was Mr. Fundamental. And uh, I, I just think, like, somebody like that who does it the right way, he's not flashy. He's not on every single commercial. Um, I, I just think somebody like that is, is just neat to see. It's a little different. You know, he's not like Shaq where he's in movies and rapping and all this stuff. He just showed up to work every day, went about his business, and just won titles. So I think my four are going to be LeBron, who I think is the best of all time, MJ, Max Johnson, who just is a lot of fun to watch. And, he, you know, he was a great player. I think most people would have him in their top five, six, seven. And then my one I'm going to make an argument for, who there's probably other players better than him, but I just like the way he did it, and that's Tim Duncan. Yeah, I I, I... – I definitely would say that Tim Duncan is going to be the one you're, you're going to have more flack and, and more people coming and saying, well, well what, about, what, about, what about this guy? You know, how about this guy? Uh, but you, it's, it's tough. Like, like I said on the previous topic with baseball, just as long as you're in that argument, I mean, that, that's about all that it takes. And I, I, I don't have anything that I could say that would really, really say uh, that your, your thoughts are, are wrong on those. Before I give you my four, do you have any thoughts as to why uh, the conversation is always in basketball? Is it just because uh, the basketball players are more visible or they're more they're marketed better? Like why why do you think the importance is there with basketball? 
I think it's because they're they're more people know who they are. Uh, whether that's because of the commercials or the shoes, like everybody knows what MJs are. You know, people have LeBrons, Under Armour's real big with Steph Curry. They're real marketable. Um, I I think that's the big thing. Is I think that you know so many people play basketball, and I don't think the NBA is the most popular sport in terms of viewership. Um, and it's, it's probably my third favorite sport. Basketball is probably my third favorite sport behind baseball and football. But I just think, like, everybody know if you put Michael Jordan, LeBron, James's face up on a screen, the majority of people are going to know, know who they are, bought some of their clothing or shoes or whatever. And I think that's the big reason why. And, uh, and well, I think that their league ran better than any of the other leagues. Right, like, they, yeah. they've done a really good job with marketing. And I'm – this is kind of a, a dumb thing, but you can't be anonymous if you're in the in NBA because you're a, you know, a six foot five or taller human being. And those people just stick out. It's just you're not, they're hard. not wearing a helmet like you do in, a, in baseball a, or football. Baseball. Yeah. Like, you know, like a lot, Jerry Rice, a lot of people may not know who he is if they're just a casual fan because they didn't see his face the whole game or whatever. So, that that's that's my opinion on it. So, so uh, my Mount Rushmore. Uh, you, I'm going to start the same place that you started with Michael Jordan. Over the past twenty years, I guess since he started in the early, I guess it's been thirty years now uh, since he started. He's been the face of the league. He really, I think, you know, kind of what we just talked about as far as the athletes becoming more visible in the league. Uh, being run so well and and making the league where it is today. You know, uh, Magic and Bird had a lot to do with that, but I think Jordan had the most to do with that. So with the game both as on the court, off court, with marketing and everything else, I think it's a really easy argument. No one's going to give me any flack for that one. Uh, number two that I'm going to have on the list is not one that you had, but I'm sure it's somebody you thought about, and it's – Going back to our previous discussion with the baseball players, if you're just going to look at numbers and what they accomplished, or even going back to talking about Tom Brady, a guy that I wanted to throw in there just to make sure people are aware of just how dominant he was and how great he was, was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If you want to look at his career all the way through from college, through the pros, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that's been more dominant. Michael Jordan, LeBron James included – even if you want to go to other sports, I don't know if there's very been very many athletes been more dominant than what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. He was way, way ahead of his time. He won three titles at UCLA. I mean, no one could touch him. He got into the NBA. I think he ended up with about six MVPs. And I don't know exactly where he ended up as far as on the number of NBA championships. But he's, he's in that argument with um, – uh, Jordan and Magic in that five or six range on the number of championships. And he did it on two different teams. He won one by himself, essentially with the Bucks. Uh, maybe Oscar Robinson was on that team with him. But then he won multiple titles with Magic and James Worthy with the, with the Lakers. So I was going to throw him on there. Do you have any, have any opposition to having Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on there? No, he was one that I thought about too. Uh, when I was, when, you know, I kind of put Tim Duncan as my argument one, 
Uh, yeah. He was one that I thought, you know, a lot of people are going to make the argument should be on there. So I, I th- I'm, I'm good with Kareem. I think Kareem's a good choice, all-time leading scorer. I think he yeah. should be on there. He's got the numbers. He, he's got the individual success. He's got the team success. And he was one, again, he was just so far ahead of his time. He was just in a class on his own. Um, the other guy that I was going to throw in there, and he's going to be my one that I think people could argue with, but – if you're just looking at success and and dominance, uh, I, I wanted to put one of the one of these two guys. They were they all they both played in the same era. I had it between Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, and I'm going to put Bill Russell in there. Uh, and here's my argument for him: I think that in all the sports, offense is overvalued over defense, and it it may be the more important of the two. But defense is something that people undervalue. Bill Russell was unbelievable defender and although he was on probably the best team uh he his success as far as number of championships no one's ever going to be able to touch it not tom brady can't tiger woods can't touch it nobody's going to be able to touch what he did as far as just success he played in the league 13 years and won 11 championships that's that that's you can't even comprehend someone being that successful now and i know that it was a different time and the and the factors that led to that the league was smaller. Again, they had the better team, but he was he was the orchestrator. He was the main reason they were able to do that. And the fact that he continued to butt heads against another guy that was just so dominant, Wilt Chamberlain, and just frustrated him and was able to continue to win over him. I think it's something that that's where I wanted to make that argument. And you know, what's your thoughts on Bill Russell? Yeah, I think I think. You know, 11 titles, you can't argue with that. I mean, I think it's um, it's incredible. Like, if that happened now, like, I can't imagine what people would be saying about that. So, Bill Russell, that's a good one. Um, So, I'm agreeing with both of those so far. Yeah. And, well, then, you know, and we just need to wrap it up eventually. But I wanted to throw a contemporary in there, too. And you'd mentioned the different contemporaries we had. But, obviously, the best player that I've seen play – over the last 20 years is a guy that, you know, has had success, uh, won some championships in the last 10 years. And you got, you know who I'm thinking about. I mean, you can go ahead and say it for me. Who, who do you think my last person is going to be? It's going to be Kobe. Well, I figured you would say LeBron James. But, yeah, the obvious choice there is Kobe Bryant. I mean, this guy, not only was he successful on, on, the, on the courts, but he, this guy also brought home an Oscar which none of the previous three guys have done, which I don't know how that contributes to success, but also just to be the ultimate troll and to aggravate uh, both you and anybody else that's listening because there's, there's not really a great argument to have Kobe Bryant on there. But Yeah, this, as you'll hear, listeners, this is an argument we'll always have. Branding's still dumb and thinks Kobe's better than LeBron, but, you know, I'll, I'll let him have it. It's his Mount Rushmore. I'll let it happen. Rushmore. People will still buy tickets. I don't know. I don't get you buy tickets to Mount Rushmore. Still, people will still drive to see this Mount Rushmore. Kobe Bryant, he was just like, I just, I mean, off the court issues aside, which I don't want to make light of it, but off the court issues aside, I just liked his mentality on the court. He just looked mean and he looked like he was going to, he just wanted to will his way to, to winning. Like, and I just, I, if again, off the court stuff aside, if I was going to be a professional athlete, I would want to have Kobe Bryant's mentality. I agree with that. Absolutely. 
And again, I know he's probably not in the top four, and I'm doing that mostly just to aggravate you. Well, well, man, I think we need to wind this down. I know this has been obviously a topic that's been fun for us because we've been a little long-winded. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think we uh, I think we got some good info there. I think that we gave some people some arguments that they're going to try to make against us. But I hope people send us their feedback, whether that's on whatever platform, whether that's on social media. I'd like to hear back what people think about our Mount Rushmores. But I think it's a good place to wrap up, and uh, I look forward to next week with you. I think uh, we'll we'll come up with another good topic, and hopefully, like we said last week, we just keep uh, continuing to improve. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, I just appreciate everybody who's listening. I it's still it's it's still a working progress, but we really appreciate your support. Um, and maybe we'll we'll since this one was a little late, maybe we'll get, come out with uh, another one sometime soon uh, for the, all those that are just dying to hear about what we have to say. Uh, so again, this is this is Brandon Lancaster. And uh, we'll, we'll sign off talking BS right now. Sounds we'll see good. you soon. See you guys. Thanks so much.